It's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland, the best podcast about the Green Bay Packers and Ron Dane. Live, not live at all, from the beautiful Loop Studios of Radio DePaul Sports in downtown Chicago. I'm Mike Fleischman. That's Matt Mellum Setter. Hey. Uh, I had to start the podcast because uh, a conversation about Trent Richardson led us to sure. uh, a conversation about Ron Dane. Ron Dane was a running back for the University of Wisconsin. He won the Heisman. He shattered ru- rushing titles at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He was unstoppable. At Wisconsin, he got drafted by the New York Giants and disappeared from the face of the earth. Like they called his name and they cut the camera to him, and there was just like a shimmer. There was just like a, a, a like a magician had thrown down a smoke ball, and <laughs> yep, <laughs> like the curtain dropped, and yeah. and Ron Dane was in fact not there, and maybe never was. Have you seen that the the dog thing where people put the blankets up and then they drop it and yes. they disappear, and the dog yeah. is like what? Holy crap. That's what Ron Dane did. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's that's okay. what Ron Dane did. And it's interesting insofar as that happens, and it's one of the things that I have the hardest time predicting as a sports guy and sports analyst as to who is actually going to be able to have an impact on the next level of yeah. play. Whether it be from high school to college, you can see that a little bit better, but College to pros, it's very hard yeah. to know who's going to hit that next level because I think there's there's more factors, of course. Like, are you going to – you're going to keep on rolling the dice and are your knees, ankles, hands, shoulders, brain going to explode? Sure. And are you going to be all right being handed a check for $3.2 million? Yeah. Are you going to be all right with – very little supervision, but the same responsibilities to essentially treat football like a 24-hour-a-day job for eight months out of the year. There's and then lot. also you have and to also stay in shape like, and get yeah. better like over those three months of the year that you're not playing. Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, all the all the questions of like, are you flat out good enough? Yeah. All of those are really hard for me. Ron Dane, just one of those guys who just beat the world at Wisconsin. Yeah. But could not make it make a dent in the NFL. Trent Richardson, a guy who did a lot in college, now finds himself in the AAF. That's my segue. Yeah, sure. To start this week. Alliance of American Uh Football uh, spooked me the other day uh, on the CBS television. You turned turned on on the television and and there was football. What the hell? There's football. So I sat back and watched a couple hours worth of football. Um, the big key I want to say with the AAF, perhaps better than any of the players, uh, is the fact that there's no television timeouts. So there's not very many commercials, and the game's over in like two, uh, two and a half hours. And I'm surprised that you had the appetite to, to go watch. right back into football. Hey, baby. Just like help yourself to another heaping bowl mm-hmm. of football. Hey, I love an all-you-can-eat buffet of football. Sure, I... <laughs> Well, I was a little bit. I'm a little bit sportsed out in my day job at the sure, moment. Sure, sure. I I I worked three games on Saturday. <clears throat> wow. doing basketball. So I came home on Sunday, and I certainly could have had football on in the background while I did the things I actually really desperately needed to do on Sunday, like clean my house and make a meal, and all those all those grown up things that I did. But then. I couldn't watch football. I can't put any more of it in my brain at the moment. And it's not great football. It's like preseason level football, I think. Maybe a little bit more polished. They got eight teams into this league. Yeah, there's eight teams. That's not bad. No, it's and there's some pretty decent like names associated. Mike Martz, um like Mike Singletary, Steve Spurrier. These are not R- Rick Neuheisel. These are not terrible names like associated with it. Bill Polian is one of the, the higher ups and he's a Hall of Fame general manager. Um like the players talent maybe is like developmental league level, but the the names and the kind of the higher up brain trust of this football league is 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 not bad. I think Troy Polamalu And this is a full eleven on eleven yeah, NFL is, rules game. There are some changes to the rules. Okay. Um, so there's a sky judge, first off. There's a sky judge who can the, our Lord Jesus Christ. Our, our Lord Jesus Christ will rain down upon the game and and make his decisions on whether or not that was a penalty or not. Um, and so, Mister Jesus Christ, who reigns supreme just, above just all, just call me, just call me Mister Christ, <laughs> Mister Christ. Okay. So, Mister Christ um, reigns supreme above all and is able to look down on the on the football field and say that man is holding 
throw a flag. Um, so if the refs miss anything that's egregious or uh, anything like that, the Mr. Sky Judge can write it. So the, the Saints play would not have happened because huh. Mr. Sky Judge would have been there to say, hey, actually, you guys really missed one. Uh, uh That's interesting. Yeah. And you watched the games. Like, did this interrupt the flow of a game? Did you see this I never, occur? I, I, we did see it occur. And the other crazy thing about this is they take you into the booth while Sky Judge is making his decision. So if there's like a review that's like a challenge, you're not watching the coaches and hearing some dumb Dumbo on CBS go, I don't know, it might be this and it might be that. You're like in the booth, like watching Mr. Official, Mr. Jesus Christ huh. go, I-, I think we need that. Take me to another view. I need to see this. And so it it, it is like a, a more transparent than the NFL's refereeing is. Um, and I thought it was was – actually like effective like I thought it was good uh it's kind of something the NFL has kind of pushed as like not possible or not doable sure and it proved just on like two days of games like it's totally doable it's absolutely doable that's interesting and it's I want to I want to talk a bit about alternative football leagues as being like inherent reactions to what people do not like about the NFL a sure. little bit later, but right now I'm I'm just doing my my roster perusal. Yeah, the uh, the Arizona um, whatever's hot, hot shots. shots. Yeah, have Nick Folk as their kicker. Yeah, that's the only real name I recognize on the hot shots. Now it's interesting because this is also you know the big three league in basketball did fairly well. In yeah, the, in their first yeah year and they did it on an incredibly personality based mm-hmm. basis in that three on three basketball they put a lot of guys who maybe aren't in the aren't young enough or in good enough condition to play on NBA teams anymore or play overseas. Yeah. Do a nice little barn burner thing where the competition kind of got a little bit Harlem Globetrotters. You kind of felt like everyone was kind of backing off and having a good time a little yeah. bit. Yeah. But at the same time it wasn't it wasn't Exhibition, no football. This, this feels like this is a lot of guys who are like trying to make that push to be in those, uh-huh. those last six roster spots that make the team. This is a lot of guys that feel like they're trying to push to be like the backup quarterback, yeah, or push to move beyond the practice squad. Some of these guys are like people who were on practice squads who took the smaller contract to get snaps in the AAF. So it's the contracts, as I understand it, is three years, $250,000, not guaranteed. Yeah, when you looked at the big three, you were looking at the rosters going like, huh, Keon Dooling. Oh, you're Ah. back. Okay. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Katino Mobley. What do you know? (laughs) Forgot he existed. Uh, Can we get some Michael Finley action in the big three league, please? Uh, I I think it might be a little past. Because wouldn't Finley be like 50 at this point? I have no idea. I don't. Retired about a decade ago. At like, and he played until he was about 39. Did he really play that long? Yeah, he played. He ended with like the Spurs and the Mavericks playing down south. Yeah. On championship teams. Uh, this ties into the Packers in that the Salt Lake Stallions yeah. are the Packers team. Yeah. So in the AAF. And this is this is something about this is not a minor league, but there is a, a link between NFL teams and the AAF. Yeah. So there's there's eight teams and so each AAF team has links to four NFL teams. And so those NFL teams hold the rights to these players and at any time can sign them off of these AAF rosters. Um, These teams were selected by region, so I think it coordinates kind of like by region there. Um, So When I think of Green Bay, I really think of Salt Lake City. Yeah, I really think of Salt Lake City. Every team in this league is below the Mason-Dixon line. Every team's in the south or like plays in a dome. So you can play in February. Yeah, so you can play in February. Um, But like they draw from like colleges and stuff like that based on region. So I think Salt Lake was assigned to kind of like the Wisconsin Midwest area. Um, And yeah, so I mean, I'll probably watch some Salt Lake games just in case we call somebody up from there. I... Look, man, I don't. Well, taking a look at they have at, Matt Asiata. That's they, a name they that have I've Joel heard. Buonio, who actually got oh, carries. Yeah, for Green Bay yeah. this year. I didn't know they had Joel Buonio. Um, yeah, I mean Scott Tolzien's on the Birmingham Iron. He's a backup quarterback. Uh, famous, let's see here. Um, uh, Adonis Jennings favorite. is a name I recognize from yeah. the NFL. He's he's on that roster. Uh, let's see. 
No one in the tight end squad. Um, nah, nah, nah. It's a lot of a lot of nothing burgers. A lot of yeah. people that I've never ever heard of. Uh, uh, there's a defensive lineman named Handsome Tanalu. He is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's a good name. <laughs> yeah, it's a great name. Oh, there's Greer Martini. Whoa! A guy that we sort of made fun of. Yeah, on no. this podcast yeah, in sure. preseason. It's a funny name, though. Yeah. But I, I'm glad he's playing football somewhere. So yeah, it's a lot of kind of like uh, borderline NFL talent, people who played in the preseason in the NFL, people who made practice squads, people who were recently cut and think they can fight their way back in. Uh, one thing I did notice in the the games is that all the kickers were pretty good. Um, so yeah, well, Nick Nick Folk was on one of these rosters. Nick Folk kickers and Nick are, Novak. Kickers are guy who kickers are guys who bounce around. Yeah, they can be everywhere and nowhere at the same time. Um, just ask the Bears. Uh, Christian Hackenberg did not enjoy his debut. He hated his debut. He looked so so bad. He was This guy was a New York Jet recently. Yeah, there's no reason Christian Hackenberg should ever play football again. <laughs> I, I I I mean no ill will towards Christian Hackenberg or his family, but uh hey buddy, let's tie it up. Like Johnny Menzel couldn't hack it in the Canadian Football League. No. I don't think he could hack it in this league either. I think he'd get uh, run out of the city. Uh, there's also a, a, f- a few rule changes I forgot to mention is that you can only rush five. So huh. you can only rush five and you can't rush from more than two yards outside the tackle box. So there's no exotic blitzes. There's no edge blitz. No edge blitzes. Can you come into the tackle box pre-snap and then rush if you are lined up at safety to start with? Couldn't tell you. Okay. There's a few times where like an illegal defense was called. That's their 15-yard penalty for blitzing more than five or coming outside of the tackle boxes. Um, as I understand. So you just can't go wide of the tackle at all? Can't go wide of the tackle at all. I don't know if, if you get pushed out like by a blocker, I think you're good. But like I don't think you can come from like a uh uh like a slot corner position and bring like an exotic. You're blitz. gonna need like a sky judge or something to determine if that happens. Well, thankfully we have Mr. Lord <laughs> Jesus Christ watching over all of us. Um, Such a good coincidence that he was named that by his parents. Yeah, thank God. Um so yeah, it's I you know what? I was fine with it. I was pretty happy with it. They seem, I they seem to have a, a affiliation solely with CBS. Yes, as I understand it, solely with CBS and also uh, MGM Resort and Casinos. I think bought a huge chunk. Okay. Um, so I saw a lot of MGM Casino ads when I was watching, uh, which is also made me go like, "Where are you getting your money from this? If the only ads running are CBS television shows and your biggest investor?" Hey, uh, Donatello Brown is on the uh, Atlanta Legends. Hey. Good for you, Donatello. Uh, Get back. Great name. Uh, uh, he, he was uh, what he was. He got snaps last year. Yeah, on the Packers. Yeah, yeah. and then and he the was released defensive this year. backfield. Yeah, um, yeah. It was. Uh, look, I think the AAF's best plan is to kind of play like a developmental role to the NFL. I, mm-hmm. think, I think their best hope is to get up to maybe sixteen teams. In these kind of like Salt Lake, Memphis-sized markets, like Birmingham, Orlando, San well, Antonio, Atlanta has a darn team. Yeah, it's it's weird that there's two team, there's two cities that also have NFL teams: Atlanta and Phoenix, and the Arizona Hotshots. Um, so, it, you know, I I I think their their goal should be to like reach like sixteen teams, like in kind of these smaller markets. And play like a subservient, like developmental role to the NFL, and also like trying. They're trying out a lot of different like rule implementations. There's no kickoffs. Um, there's no extra points. You so start on the twenty-five. Start on the twenty-five. You go for two if you want. If you're going to onside it, uh, it's a fourth and twelve attempt from your own like thirty. Um, okay. And so, if you don't get it, they're in good position to score. If you do get it, cool. But now you have like sixty yards to go. Um, Odd. 
Yeah, but I think that's an, that's a compromise. I think better than the onside kick, just because like the onside kick's like one in ten, one in fifteen chance you'll get it, and you're only waiting on like a screw up. Well, the rule changed this year that moved the players back. Was it one yard or two yards from yeah. the actual point of kickoff that they could not yeah. cross? Like the the kicking just, team. Yeah, just made onside kicking even basically harder to not. Do. Yeah, made it doable. basically impossible. Um, yeah, and so this I think. Gives teams with a good like offense or a good quarterback like gives them a chance to put the ball in the best players' hands and make something happen rather than kind of plays like this coming down to the kicker versus Brandon Bostic. Yeah. Um, so it's like Macbeth that we can't say it if yeah. we're in a theater. Yeah. So you know, I, I I like some of these new rules. I think um, it'll make for decent football, and I think it's. Kind of an interesting thing to watch without the commercials. Like it's, it's it's a different way to watch football. You, I I had not realized how like used to commercials in a football game I was. Uh huh. It was like every time there was like a, a change of fields, I was like, all right, sitting back and relaxing, waiting for the commercial, and then like, oh, the commercial doesn't happen. They're on the field, they're ready to go. I was like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. They just run wait. them out there. <laughs> I was like, wait, we can do that. It's it's funny because. When you broadcast high school football, high school football w- works without those commercial breaks. There are no media timeouts yeah. in high school football until you get to the big dome mm-hmm. for the final final championship game. But any good media company, of course, is selling ad time. Yeah. So I have a stack of paper this thick with live reads on it, and I need to read each of them four times throughout the game. And it's always that challenge of like, all right, there's a change of possession. Let me tell you about Zolman Tire. Zolman Tire. And they're back. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, it's a fun challenge. Yeah, because my, my consciousness of sports broadcasting right now is very much suit, tilted towards like make the advertisers happy. Yeah. Because they almost literally pay me. Yeah. No, they kind of yeah. do in a way. Uh, yeah. There's only one middleman standing behind yeah. between me and Zolman Tire. <laughs> I don't know why I'm picking on Zolman Tire. Well, sure. I, I don't think you're picking on them. I think sure I think don't. you're making a play for yeah. more money. Yeah, uh, Zolman Tire. If you're listening, uh, sponsored we would, cheese cheeseheads in Chicagoland. Look, we'll do by some tire shop. We'll Ooh. read all the Zolman Tire stuff yeah. we can get if you'll pay us. Brought to you by Wendy's, home <laughs> of the Frosty. Did you know that you can get a vanilla Frosty? I didn't know that until recently. Whoa! I got one. It was very vanilla. Yeah, no, it's super vanilla. It was very like it was very white. Yeah, and it's like the frosty is such a weird consistency. I'm never sure if I like it or not. It's just got a little bit of like crystally icy crunch. Yeah, and it's it's like a it's like there's it's always a little bit melted. Mm-hmm. It's always like a little bit wet, but it's really thick in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I like a I like a frosty. What is a frosty? It's a chocolate shake. A shake? Yeah. Okay. I think it is. I yeah. I thought it was ice cream. I thought the vanilla time. frosty was was far too white. It wasn't it's like, like pure white. Yeah. It's like spooky white. Like yeah. You put something in that to make it that white. Yeah. I didn't know why that was that way, but that's, I want to, I want to get to the point I teased earlier, which alternative football leagues. Yeah. So you're not, you don't want to talk about Wendy's. No, I don't. <laughs> okay. I, their spicy chicken sandwich is really <laughs> a quality chicken sandwich. I don't generally like fast food. I like sure. garbage. I eat a lot of garbage. I also eat a lot of garbage. But... I, it, it's generally not fast food. Sure. Um, Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich is a quality, quality food product. And every once in a while, I drive past Wendy's and I either think to myself, man, I could go for Wendy's or I see their sign that says quality is our recipe. And yeah. I'm always like, that's not a recipe. No, that's just the, that's just a, three, a that's just four words. <laughs> You're not, you're not allowed to call that a recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Just a word. I made my living for 20 years following recipes. You can't tell me that's a recipe. <laughs> if I followed that recipe, I wouldn't get anything. <laughs> uh, alternative football leagues mm-hmm. frequently have to be inherently reactionary against the NFL. Yeah. The AAF, I think, is interesting because it is almost on its face not reactionary against the NFL. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, you're right. Like it's it's for the most part following a lot of the same rules, 
and it, it's actually set up so that it feeds into yeah. the NFL teams, which is something that we have not seen. I'm thinking mostly, of course, of the XFL. Yeah. Do uh, you do you remember? I never the XFL. I've watched a lot about the XFL. I never watched any of the XFL games. Yeah, because I'm I, I've watched XFL football. Not. Avidly, it I don't was a think, nightmare. I don't think anyone watched XFL football avidly. No, I don't think the people who created it watched it avidly because if they did, they would have noticed how fucking bad it was. Yeah, no. <laughs> but um, my my point being that the XFL at the time followed. Vince McMahon, of course, Vince McMahon, the wrestling magnate and all around like just kind of dripping red hamburger of a human being wanted to wanted to take <laughs> football in the same direction that he was kind of taking his wrestling league at the time. Yeah. In that the the WWE, I forget if it was F or E at the time, was going through this period where they were becoming a little bit R rated. Yeah. I remember the WWF, and when I was a fan of it, was probably in about 1989 through 1991, when I was like 9 to 11 years old, which is, I think, about the proper time Mm -hmm. to be a fan of wrestling. And it was very cartoonish. It was very brightly colored. Uh, You know, there was Hulk Hogan wearing orange and, and yellow. There was the Ultimate Warrior wearing, like, every color of the rainbow, there were mm-hmm. cartoony villains. Yeah. You know, they had a, uh, and it was like racist as heck also. Sure. You know, they had Jake the Snake Roberts who carried a snake around in a bag. They had a guy who was supposed to be a, a voodoo priest Whoa. as a villain. They had an evil clown. Okay. They had a a guy who was supposed to be a cop who carried a nightstick. All right. A cop or a jailer or something. Sheesh. Yeah, it was it was cartoonish. Yeah. In the late 90s, it took this turn to where like everyone's wearing like black. Yeah. And like ripping their shirts off and swearing. Yeah. Like they started saying hell. Sure. And yeah. there were like sex scandals and like it was purporting it, they were trying to take it away from like the demographic that liked it when I was that age of like 11 year olds. Yeah. Trying to pivot that up to like 15 to 17 year olds. And the XFL was very much a response to the NFL that was in that same tone. Yeah. Of like, this will be awesome if you like Mountain Dew. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, do you like tits? <laughs> yeah. We got football league for Cameras you. are going inside the cheerleaders locker room. Yeah. And it sucked because they thought of every way to make it tawdry. And zero ways to make the quality of sport good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, they. I was watching a, a documentary about it, like last week almost, and it was like they plugged in the microphones to the stadium. So like, if a guy got benched, a man from the television would come over and ask him, "How do you feel about your performance now that you're benched?" And he'd have to be like, "I feel terrible, bad." But it's like blasted over the loudspeaker so every single person in the stadium can hear it as well as on the television and so it was like they they tried to take every situation they could to like relish in other people's pain well it was a miscalculation on vince mcmahon's part in that he has dealt he is like okay controversial opinion and go ahead and write me emails about this no one's ever emailed me about this podcast in the history of my life but go ahead and write me emails on this wrestling is a carny hustle sure yeah no it is a carnival sideshow grift and Vince McMahon is, in fact, the world's wealthiest carny. <laughs> and all of the people who work for him are performers. Yeah. Actors. You know, people, people, in a sense, who have something in common with, like, you know, me as a musician and a, a, a sports talkie guy and you mm-hmm. as a filmmaker and yeah. a sports talkie guy. And... They know what they're doing is a performance. Mm-hmm. They create their characters. They choreograph a lot it. of the time. They choreograph it like they they are performers. They are at at times like you know wrestlers have 
been known to be bad people, but they are sort of sensitive artist types in, yeah. a, in a way. Sure. Football players are competitors. Yeah. And Vince McMahon didn't seem to have understood the basic like humanity and truth of athletic competition. Mm-hmm. There is no truth in wrestling, at least as far as like the outcomes, like the despair at losing a match is fake. Yeah. It like, was scripted and invented. Yeah, the training and desire to like do that match really well to sell it, you know, to, you mm-hmm. know, if you're, if you're the one losing like the desire to, they call it put over the desire to put over the other guy and make him look like he really won decisively. Yeah. Make it look like he really beat your ass. Yeah. Like that, is the the victory if you're the one on the losing side? Yeah. In football, it's not like that. No, because if you lose it, yeah, it sucks. It, yeah, the the contest is inherently true and not inherently performance. Mm-hmm. And the XFL sucked a lot because it in one of the reasons it sucked a lot is because it didn't realize that because yeah. it was founded by a carny hustler, a crazy man. Yeah, just a, a true maniac. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is the part of the show where I make fun of Vince McMahon. Well, are you excited for Vince McMahon to flop again with the XFL in 2020? I really am. Yeah, everything he does that that fails warms my heart. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to watch the XFL flop in 2020. And it's you know it was a pushback against like you know this family friendly league like we're the league out there for dudes guys who are dudes. Yeah, and. You know, this this time it's the family friendly league. Yeah, this time it's the like oh, we're the Patriot League, like we're the league for people who stand during the national anthem. You know, we're the it's it's so false. Make they're they're gonna market make football great again. Yeah, no, that'll be a I guarantee that'll be a full. Slogan they probably are already doing that. Yeah, for for whatever I know, I'm I have not. I, I guess I've never Googled. Uh, other yeah. make America great again type hats. I guess that's yeah, never the, been. The XFL is going to sell a make football great again yeah, hat. Absolutely. And they, they are going to code it in. I, I use this term a lot for like the way that the way that like current the current social climate is. They're going to code it in chauvinist language and <laughs> chauvinist terms because chauvinism likes likes those red hats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Digs that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're going to do that again, and it's going to be like the, the, the League for Real Patriots. You know, like the, it's going to be like the Mission Barbecue of, uh, of football leagues. Are you familiar with Mission Barbecue? No. It's a barbecue restaurant that loves the troops. Okay, sure. I thought, you know, when I first heard it, I thought you meant a barbecue while you're on a mission, like a, like no. a, like a Christian mission. No, um, there's... So, but that makes sense. There's one right out now. in the Burbs, but... Okay. Um, I'm Actually, not gonna eat there. No, neither am I. Yeah, it's probably not good barbecue. I, I don't know. <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> I don't want to like. <laughs> I love barbecue, and I yeah. wouldn't want to like cast aspersions against the politics of all the various places that I ate barbecue when I lived in the South. Yeah, true. Because I'm, yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure that I would disagree with a fair lot of them, but I still eat eat the pig. What was in the charcoal pit? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the good parts of the pig. But yeah, that's that's my digression on on. Like making a league that's inherently reactionary is that you have to do something to make the quality of football good. And it's going to be interesting to see, like, because the XFL was also, by being inherently chauvinist, it inherently disrespected the humanity of the players in various ways. Mm-hmm. It was a very unsafe league to play in. Yeah. It was very much like the early days of the UFC where people just broke their bodies. Yeah. And and there were no rules. Yeah. Well, in the UFC, like people hooted and hollered because people went and saw it. Yeah. Uh, the XFL people did not hoot and holler because no one saw Nobody these, these terrible things. But like putting the ball at the center of the field oh and God. having both teams run for the goal line to come and claim it. Yeah. No. And and that's one thing that I think the, a- the AAF did right is like the, the elimination of the kickoff. The kickoff's like the most dangerous play in sports. And there is none anymore. You just get the ball at 25. Which is, I think, a rule that the NFL should institute, and I think watching a weekend of AAF football, like the game flowed fine. The, the loss of kickoff did not impact how the game was played at all. It just put the ball in the hands of the biggest playmakers more often. And it's it's an interesting move for CBS in that CBS, they had the Super Bowl and they really pushed the, the yeah. watch the Super Bowl streaming online mm-hmm. thing. 
this is something where they can fill up some time on Sunday in this dead zone of sports with some football. They can put a lot of it online. Yeah. They can really test it. They can use it as a stress test for their digital content delivery platform services and capabilities. And they can also just sell some of it. They can yeah. get people interested in it. It's it's a good it's a good idea. It's smartly branded. It's got a major media company behind it. It's not inherently reactionary. The XFL coming next year. Is inherently real. Is going to start on fire. Yeah, it's going to come <laughs> like, in in a ball of flames. They're gonna like you know, and only yeah. get bur- burn hotter and not in a positive way. Like Harold Rivera is gonna open up the door <laughs> oh, and like God. instead of the tomb being empty, it's just gonna be Mike Dicta, <laughs> Mike Ditka. Yeah. Wow. There was there was a legal podcast called Mike Dicta. Whoa. Which I really enjoyed, yeah. and they it disbanded. Start that podcast again, guys, if you're hearing this. Uh, but Mike, so I, but Mike Ditka is yeah. just going to be like asleep in a chair, surrounded by <laughs> on the sausages. grand reveal. Yeah, surrounded by sausages, and it is just going to land with a wet thud in the middle of the room, and everyone's going to look at it and be like, "Oh no, oh no!" Especially because the AAF got up a year earlier and got people in three-year deals. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone signed is signed for a three-year deal. Yeah. So you can't go sign. Can't go after them anymore. With no XFL. Yeah. That that means the XFL talent's about to be so bad. And they just skimmed skimmed it right up off the top. The top of the bottom. Yeah. So I think first week in the AAF, I was pretty happy. I was I was not disappointed at all, really. I'm gonna try it out. It was next week. I think it's it's preseason esque type football, but if you like watching like guys who are trying to develop, a lot of the guys are like 22 years old. They're just guys who barely missed the cutoff, who were in training camps, didn't make the 53. Like it's a lot of guys that are going to be, I think, fighting for a roster spot like next year. Um, so it, you know, it's worth it to watch. Well, a lot of what develop. I did during last summer and probably what I'll do for a little bit this summer is work for a women's basketball team that does mm-hmm. very much the same thing. Of like, they exist to win games. Sure, everyone does. But they also exist to put a lot of game tape out there of players who are on the fringe yeah. of playing Euro ball, Euro ball. Yeah, and that's that's I think exactly what this is. With yeah, uh, instead of Euro ball, it being the bottom like six roster spots. Yeah, because a lot of those decisions are made based on like a week and a half. Yeah, of training camp, and if your ankle really bad <laughs> during that week and a half of training camp, mm-hmm. someone else is going to take your spot and. You're just going to disappear, and no one will ever think of you again. But if you can get some game tape on you, you know, a month later when your ankle feel better, yeah, maybe you're just going to go out in there and blow some guys up and, and earn it. Who knows? Yeah, and there was a, a Luis Perez was the name of the quarterback for the Birmingham Iron. Um, <clears throat> he was like a Division two guy who didn't get a chance at the NFL, came in, just dominated at the AAF. And so I think there's also going to be a lot of guys coming up from like like Adam Thielen types who kind of slip through the cracks and play Division two, play Division three, play like Juco type football, but are really talented and really good and will have a chance to show something um, over kind of a 10-game schedule here. Cool. That's our that's our segment on alternative football leagues. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we get back, we will talk about something else. There have been a few mock drafts coming out already as that put the Packers as selecting someone. We can at least touch on it a little bit. It's it's pure speculation at this point, but speculating is fun. Speculating is is my favorite part of the year. Yeah, and you know we have. We have a little bit to talk about there, but yeah, we'll cover that when we come back from this break. Uh, I want to let you know before we go to the break that we are called Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We have a Twitter. It's at Cheesecagoland. We haven't tweeted in six years. I'm on Twitter at MP Fleischman. I, I just retweeted the fact that uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler was released on this day in history. Wow. One of my favorite pop songs of all time. Happy birthday. I think one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest melodies ever written. Is is that progression of that song? Anyway, can you sing it? And turn around every now and then, I can get a little bit. Great. Turn around right now, every now and then I fall apart, and I need you more tonight. Good. And I need you more.
So the music video for this is Bonnie Tyler in a room. Moonlight is shining through the window. There are perfume bottles on a table. Bonnie Tyler is staring wistfully out the window. Longingly out the window. Yes. Wow. Is 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 there any like rights things we need to worry about with this? I have no idea. All right. <laughs> don't, don't report us. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that was uh Well, that was more of the song than I'm allowed to use technically. But How much are you allowed I, to use? I think we were I think that falls under fair use. I think you can play it for like 15 or 20 seconds, All right. but like that's completely fair use because I'm I'm critiquing yeah. that that song. Sure. I've actually, you know, I'm I'm laying out that like it is yeah. melodically it is very interesting. It climbs a ladder. Sure. It gets you, louder, it gets higher up, like it modulates itself in a really interesting way. Um there is a, a fantastic cover of that song that I'm gonna have to show you. Okay. It's uh like some guys from Eastern Europe. One of them is sure, playing guitar. I, I'm very interested in that. One guy. One of them is playing guitar, and the other one is hitting a stove with a hammer. Yep, sounds sounds they, like I expected. They play it. Bonnie Tyler's "Total Eclipse of the yep. Heart" on stage, and it's been one of my favorite internet clips on stage? for a long time. Yeah, they did this live. Okay, I figured that it's like this a was a live performance. God, you of, know, a guy with a guitar and a guy hitting a stove with a hammer. When you when you said first off, when you said. Like hitting a stove, I immediately thought that this is taking place in a man's rundown kitchen, and it's him and his buddy just sitting on top of like. Oh, that'd be good too. And just bang, hit stove, and that's performance art. Yeah, and it's like a little bit off key. Sure, but that's fine. He's hitting. He's playing a stove. Yeah, can't tune a stove. There's one of the funniest moments that. My wife is is occasionally very funny. Sure. She's she's I'm not going to say she's not funny the rest of the time, but she really knows how to pick her spots. Sure. Yeah. There's and, something special about someone who can pick their spots and drop it. Uh-huh. And we're just completely lost at some point. And we finally figure out that like we where we need to go to like get back to where we want to go. Yeah. And so I find a driveway and I'm just turning the car around, and all of a sudden, just from from my side, she goes, "Turn around." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, good spot. Just found found the spot. spot. Great spot, Amy. Great spot. bullseye. <laughs> bullseye from a thousand yards out. Yep. Uh, so before our digression about Total Eclipse of the Heart, which is a song that I absolutely love. Um, we're still Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. We have a Facebook group. Uh, we have we usually promote um, ourselves on that Facebook group. I might delete my Facebook. Do it. Okay. I'm really considering doing that. Yeah. I have, I have not used my Facebook other than to share our posts uh-huh. in a whole I haven't boy. gotten a lot of good feelings in my life from it recently i don't think i've gotten a good feeling from facebook in my life since yeah it's been it's been a while i mean i learned that a friend of mine had to have to ask to like put his dog down today Aww. which is sad yeah and i'm like glad i learned that but yeah there hasn't been a lot of good come out of facebook recently hey the brown sign kareem hunt not a lot of good coming out of cleveland not recently a lot either of good coming out of cleveland <laughs> Panther signed Eric Reed though, so that's yeah, a, that's that is good. That's a good that's good news. Um, I'm really surprised. I know that there's been there were rumors that he was coming to Chicago. Yeah, where assumedly he would take take the place of Jordan Howard, mm-hmm. who for some reason is a pumpkin now. But Kareem Hunt is one of the most egregious like domestic abuse slash abuse of women cases that the NFL has ever seen. Yeah. Like it's it's straight up on video. There's no gray area to it. It's just a case of like a man who completely lost his temper and became like irrationally publicly violent. Yeah. In like just a completely uncontrolled way. Mm -hmm. It's 
And I'm not saying that to like put it on. We're not going to like organize how bad various cases of like violence yeah, we, by NFL players that. are. I'm not. I'm not doing that to like say other other cases are less or more mm. better or worse. No, f all that. I'm just saying that like this was this was alarming for more reasons and than just violence against mm-hmm. women. It was alarming in like the the scope and like sort of just there's a lot of there's a madness behind it. Yeah. And like ah, I, it was just inexplicable and for him to find himself just back on an NFL roster. Yeah. So quickly is mm-hmm. it's baffling and the damn Cleveland Browns seem to really want to dig themselves out of the hole that they've dug themselves into by being like owned by idiots and run by idiots that those idiots hired. They seem to be digging themselves at least like a little bit out. Yeah. Like they climbed a rung of a ladder of like, all right, we're going to turn this thing around. We have, we have a quarterback now. We have Baker Mayfield. We, we have a coach that isn't Hugh Jackson. Yeah. We have a coach who's not a numbskull. And we also have a good running back in Nick Chubb. That they spent a second round pick on. Yeah. So like, it doesn't make any sense on any in any single way. Like, it's not even like they're a a, a poorly run team run by idiots who really needed a running back, and so they stoop to the level where they're picking up like a domestic abuser. It's a situation where they don't even need Kareem Hunt. They have someone who's better. There's no yeah. there's there's no reason that they should sign him regardless. But there's no reason, like, even positionally, that it can be, like, vow- it's dumb. If you were to land on the Jets, you you could at least say, like, yeah, they could use a running back. Yeah, sure, you can be like, yeah, they could use a running back, but uh, find somebody else. Cleveland Browns. Like, there is, I think we, we go through this cycle with sports teams a lot where we find ourselves just baffled by how stupid some, mm-hmm. of, some of this ownership and management is. And I think we just have to stop assuming that these folks are smarter than us or somehow like... Yeah, no, they're not. Because I think I think it was the case of Donald Sterling and the Clippers that really drove this home to me mm-hmm. is that like they were an NBA team. Yeah. So, and, and they were an NBA team owned by Sterling into like the 2010s. Yeah. And... So there's just there's this aura of like well we assume respectability. If you are an NBA team, you have certain facilities, you're run or managed in a certain way. Like there are certain league mandated standards that everyone meets. Mm-hmm. Like no, they were practicing in a junior college gym. Their general manager was on like a month to month contract. Like they were just they were unprepared to meet even the basic standards of a lower level professional sports team in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think the Cleveland Browns are kind of showing us a very similar situation in that for all of the NFL talks about like hey, we're a real professional organization and everyone everyone meets our standards, like that is just lip service to keep people in line yeah. frequently because yeah. then the Browns get to just go and do like utterly stupid crap for two decades. Just like boneheaded Decision after and one of the nobody is stopping them. Yeah, nobody's like, "Hey, Jimmy Haslam, maybe stop being a literal doorbell." Yeah, <laughs> Just, making decisions. Ugh. Every decision is met with ding. And of course, <laughs> the the original the Cleveland Browns are the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, which in itself is absurd. <laughs> But the way that the NFL negotiated the move of the Cleveland Browns to Baltimore is that the new expansion Cleveland Browns, Mm -hmm. which are currently the Haslam-owned Cleveland Browns, get to keep all the franchise records and history of the Baltimore Ravens. What? So, like, you know, if you look up, if you, like, the Oklahoma City Thunder... Are yeah. the Seattle Supersonics yeah. moved to Oklahoma? Yeah. Like when you look at the all-time great lists for the Oklahoma City Thunder, there are Seattle Supersonics on it. Mm, it's like Sean Kemp and yeah. stuff like that. And it's the same thing with this expansion Browns team. Yes. But they keep 
The Baltimore Ravens started from scratch as a new franchise with new record books. What? The expansion Cleveland Browns get to what? claim the history of the old Cleveland Browns. Granted, not a lot of history there. Sure. But I think you can generally look at you know how the ownership and management of the Baltimore Ravens yeah. is at least a couple of tiers above the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Like, I mean... Gah. The Ravens have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. The Browns have not had a winning season. Yeah. And I mean, the Ravens have elite quarterback Joe Flacco. Yep. Mr. Elite. <laughs> it's been, my, it's been my favorite my favorite nonsense argument in the in NFL talk circles is Joe Flacco an elite quarterback. For a decade now. Who cares? For a decade now, it's been the hot topic. Unbelievable. Love it. How would anyone possibly care? Anyway, uh, <laughs> how would anyone care? Uh, <laughs> I thought of Joe Flacco and my coffee just got three degrees colder. Yeah, uh, it also threw an interception. Yeah. <laughs> there are mock drafts out there. The Packers are, of course, dealing with pick number 12 and pick number 30. Acme Packing Company has the most recent mock drafts that I've seen, and they have about what we expect as far as position. I, of course, know nobody I, coming into the draft. I uh, have not really done as much as I used I did, I did a lot last year, and we did a draft show here. Well, on we weren't talking about and, it in February. Yeah, that's true. Um, I've done nothing. I've read nothing. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I anticipate you knowing more at a later time. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Next week, I'll have a lot yeah. for you. Next week, I, I'll tell you more things. Oh, man, even if you want to wait until, like... March, okay, sure, or April, sure, or June. Yeah, no, um, I don't. That any of that, that time would be fine. I'm not expecting anyone to know anything right now. Basically, is my point because I've still just got total eclipse of the heart stuck in my head. Yeah, great but, song. Um, edge rusher at twelve, tight end at thirty. Okay, that's that's at least what Acme Packing Company has, mm-hmm. and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think edge at twelve is the obvious one. I think that makes the most sense to me is is outside linebacker edge somebody who can rush the quarterback off the the boundary there um at 30 going tight end i am a little bit uh i'm still like on jimmy graham train i still like jimmy graham i still want i want to see your jimmy graham in an offense well they put a lot of money on the jimmy put a lot of money on the jimmy graham train jimmy graham was on track to have like the biggest tight end year since finley like I, I, I think we can get one more year out of Jimmy Graham of him being serviceable, if not great. Um, and I don't know much about college tight ends. I know there's this Noah Fant guy who's what Acme Packing Company has. There's also like Hockenstein, I think, out of Iowa as mm-hmm. well. I think Iowa has two good. Yeah, they were, they were teammates. Two good tight ends. And then Boy, that offense must have been boring. Yeah, yeah, mm. probably terrible to watch. Um, and then I think there's a third one that I just don't know. Um so that's what it's like to be talking about the draft in February. Yeah, that is what it's like. You're left like there are some guys that There's that play football. People at the positions that we want. Yeah, edge rusher is edge rusher is such a priority at this point. Hawkinson, that's the guy's name. Because God help us if we speed up the decision making process that opposing quarterbacks have to go through, might help that secondary. Yeah, which and it's a secondary that's not terrible. Improving. Yeah, uh, it's a secondary that's they on just the up. Ha- they haven't been able to improve at the rate that they should because quarterbacks are able to look at them a lot. Yeah, quarterbacks <laughs> are able to watch them and say, okay, now they're going to make the break. Now our wide yeah. receiver is getting open. Now I can sort of shuffle step rhythm. over this direction. Yeah. All right, I've established that it's a zone. I've established that it's Sunday. I have another three minutes back here. What's for dinner tonight? My tackle has blocked Reggie Gilbert into the sidelines. <laughs> just go over here. Clay Matthews gave up on this play. Clay Matthews just stopped. Clay he, Matthews did a spin move, and now he's standing there. Combed his hair on yeah. the rush, though, so yeah. it looks good. Man, what shampoo does he use? <laughs> smells good. Is that grapefruit? No, I think it's, I think it's honeydew mallet. Oh, that's that's and a nice coconut. Man, I wish I was in those commercials like he is. Why is he in those commercials? Because he used to be really good. Oh yeah, he was. 
He was in a Super Bowl. And he, I better throw it now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, my tight end's been open for three minutes. Holy oh, shit. Oh, great. Uh, speaking of tight ends, uh, and also Jermichael Finley. Sure. I love that Jermichael Finley suffered a horrendous career-ending injury. I don't love that. I, in no, fact, hate I, that. I really don't like that but at all. Yeah, so I want to know where you go. My progression here is that I love <laughs> yeah. that Jermichael Finley, after after suffering an injury that I don't love at all, sure. yeah. has come back as like the celebrity gossip source yeah. that you go to if you want someone to just blast Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Did you see the one the other day where he was like talking about Aaron Rodgers trust and he was like you it, it's it's insane you have to you have to run the routes and be in the right places and if you don't do that then he won't throw you the ball and I was yeah like, that I was like yeah no that sounds I love how salty he is I was like yeah no that sounds right like if you want a quote that like makes Aaron Rodgers seem seem like someone you go to him who has Greg high Jennings. expectations you just call up for Michael Finley because the most recent one was something along the lines of like you know when they gave Aaron, when Aaron Rodgers took over for Brett Favre and he got his first big contract, he really started to think that he was the man. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you're right. Uh huh. You're right. He got a big really? contract yeah. and replaced Brett Favre. You, you took the team. You're to right. The Super Bowl. Yeah, won the Super Bowl. Yeah. MVP. He 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 thought he was the man, Matt. I I think I might say that he's the <laughs> he man. He thought he was the man. Might be crazy enough for me to say that he's the man. Yeah, I just love that. Like that. That is what's roasting. Jermichael Finley's marshmallows in 2019. I love it. Why? What's going on? I tried to find the exact quote, um, and the only website I could find that didn't have a video but had a quote was Barstool, so I called it up. It's going to be. <laughs> I, there's just a, but there's been these pieces of, like, it's going to be really tough for Matt LaFleur to, you know, really step in and command Aaron Rodgers' respect. Like, yeah, maybe. 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 He probably should earn it. Yeah. He should probably... Coach, I don't know. Like, what the hell do you want? Yeah. Like, he's yeah. like every you, you've time. You just described every player-coach relationship in the history of of the planet. Yeah, sure. You don't just come in, and go. I trust you. We're best buds. Let's go. Yeah. Let's oh, roll. Word. You have to work together. Crazy. And the head coach is four years younger than the star quarterback. That is wild. Yeah, that is absolutely wild. Lafleur's thirty-nine. Okay. McVeigh's McVeigh is thirty two. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the he's the young boy. Uh LaFleur's older, but just barely. By like two, three years. I have those those facts that are wrong. Sure. Is what I've got. Sure. You know, which, you know, in our in our current media climate pass for facts, I'm sure. I have things that are like straight up wrong. But it is a little bit strange, but then again, like we're all very highly paid professionals. Like I don't Hey man, I guess I don't, I don't think of stuff like that. I'm not a yeah. professional. <laughs> yeah, I, like well, you know, you're going to be sure, but just, we hope. I just, I think that's such such a strange thing to be thinking about when you think about that kind of thing. I've, you know, I, I, I have interviewed a lot of high school coaches that are a little bit younger than me. Yeah, and yet I'm still like, I'm not like. You know, styling on them or anything. Yeah, you know, like I appreciate their time. <laughs> I I've had plenty of when I came back to college. There were plenty of rooms that I was in where I was literally the oldest person in the room, including the professor, mm-hmm. by at least ten years. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, you know, like I'm the only person. I'm the only person in my thirties in this room. I'm the only married person in this room. Like, what do I care? Like, how's that going to make me act any differently if I'm? Yeah, a grown up. Yeah, like it shouldn't impact anything. But yeah, I do. I do love that Jermichael Finley is just. I don't even think that he's on like a crusade because I don't think he's saying anything that's altogether controversial. Well, I think the idea that he's just a little bit salty about it. I think the idea that he's upset that you have to run the right routes in practice to earn Aaron Rodgers' trust is in itself a controversial statement. Only because I'm like. What does that mean? Yeah, there's a little bit of what does that mean? What do you mean that you have to run the right plays? To, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course you do. I feel like he's very sort of, he's raising his stature by saying things that are very obvious and getting them reported breathlessly by tabloids in, in a way of like, yeah, when he got a really large contract and became the starting quarterback and became one of the most visible stars in the National Football League, he really thought he was the man. 
Sure. Like yeah. that's the definition of being the man. Yeah. No, no. It sounds <laughs> like he's the man. Yeah. Like, sounds a lot sounds like manness. Yeah. No. It sounds like he's the dude. <laughs> I just. His his ability to put that out there and make it sound like really salty, like it's crazy. Yeah, can you believe this? <laughs> can you believe? Can this you believe this airhead? Guy? This quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> this buffoon? Yeah. After he won Celebrity Jeopardy, he really started thinking that he was good at Jeopardy. Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's what you have to do to be good at Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. You're right. I believe Mike, after he started his podcast, he went around saying, like, you know, on my podcast yesterday, like he had some sort of podcast. Well, he does. Huh. So it's not crazy. Yeah. I, Jermichael Finley, if you want to come on Cheeseheads in Chicago land, could you get in touch with us? Yeah, we'll it'd let be, you talk as much great shit to as have you want. You on. But... Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can talk however much you want, but like, I got to say, it's, it's funny. I'm not like upset about it, but it is funny his ability to do that. Greg Jennings being salty about it is another one of those. Yeah. Like, Greg Jennings, I think, I, I think left Green Bay and realized, oh, the only reason I was any good was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Dang it. Well, the window closed on Greg yeah. Jennings' career very quick. quickly after yeah. after that, and that's that's fine. I have I've never actually seen him as a, like an analyst or a studio guy. I have. He's not very good. Okay. Yeah. He, I think he tried to. I think he did one game this year, and he was not very good. I remember listening into. Is James Jones an analyst or studio guy anywhere? He's like a studio guy. He's not an analyst. I okay. Don't think, I don't think he does games. I think he does like NFL Network in studio or Fox Sports in studio or something. I'd be curious what James Jones thinks of. Oh, he's the biggest. Aaron Rodgers. He's the biggest Aaron Rodgers right? fan on earth. Yeah. He's the, he, the guy who ran really good routes and yeah. really good hands and was really dependable in late game situations. Yeah. And, and as such, caught a lot of balls that Rodgers <laughs> would throw to him that he wouldn't throw to anyone else. Caught a lot of balls that were thrown with three inches of separation yeah. between him and uh-huh. his defender. Yeah. No, yeah. He, he loves Aaron. It's weird. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's almost like if you don't run the right routes in practice, yeah. <laughs> Aaron's not going to throw you the ball in games. And, and we call that trust. So so, I don't know. And and I am absolutely on record on this podcast saying, like, one of the things that Aaron Rodgers does that infuriates me yeah. is he's always, like, talking about, like, how he needs to trust his receivers when it's like, there aren't anyone else coming through the door. Yeah, no. You know? it, we're now at a situation where you got to you gotta throw it no matter what. Yeah. Um, but, there are, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. There's two sides to the coin, I think. Yeah. <laughs> In that, like... As, you know, I was I was talking about it very much in the context of this last year. Yeah. When Allison is out and and Randall Cobb is out and mm-hmm. MVS and EQ St. Brown are out there like no one else is joined no one else is getting there. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you, you don't James Jones isn't gonna like find his hoodie in his closet and be like I'm 39. Gosh. I'm coming out. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Uh, yeah, no, like, and what we saw this year was a lot of times where Rodgers would see somebody that was kind of open that he would have thrown to if it was James Jones or if it was Jordy Nelson or if it was Geronimo Allison, but like he didn't deliver it to EQ St. Brown because there wasn't the trust that EQ is going to fight that DB and bring the ball down. There's the chance that EQ might not even know the ball's coming to him. EQ might yep. have no idea where he's at in this route right now. Yep. He might just let it sail. He might break it off as it's a curl and it's really a fly route and gets picked. And so there, there's always issues with after a few times of it happening with MVS and EQ of them not giving a full effort after the ball or them not knowing the situation at all. Um, you get a little bit scared, but no one else is coming through that door, Aaron. You gotta, you gotta throw the ball now. Yeah, I, I will. That'll, that'll absolutely be one of the things I'm watching this coming season. Yeah, because yes. those guys are going to be out there on the field again. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know. I think one of those three that got drafted between Moore, Brown, St. Brown, and MVS. One of those three is getting cut somewhere. Yep, I think because so. Jake Kumaro is taking an active roster spot. Yeah, I think, I think it, that's pretty obvious. Yeah. But someone's going to be out there as a second-year guy, and if Rodgers is still unwilling to like throw him the ball, you know that that's because that indicts the coaching staff and everyone else as well. Yeah, yeah. Because that's one of the things I need to see is that I this year I need to see the coaching staff taking a more active role in like directing how the offense works mm-hmm. because that's there's. 
I'm generally not a fan of hierarchies, but there are certain places where there are hierarchies for a reason. Yeah. And one of the reasons is that, you know, the, the quarterback. Yeah. The quarterback deciding he's going to start against the Lions in a game that means less than a preseason game and do it because it shows leadership and then get concussed and then stay in for two series. Not good. And then good. go out. That's terrible. Yeah, not good. That's that's why you need not those good. hierarchies. Yeah. I'm, I'm just... I'm just retreading old grievances at this point, Fine. which means that we're prob- yeah we're probably probably towards Fine the end. Um, I just wanted to relate one one fun story that kind of reminded me of Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, looking at rookie wide receivers who don't know what's going on. Sure, I was doing a game last week, and there is a uh, there a point guard for the visiting team, and he was real good. One of those real ball control guys mm-hmm. shoots it twice a game, maybe. Yeah. Just passes, sets up the offense, runs the plays. There was a transition offense situation where the guy on the on the left wing is bringing the ball down the court. Point guard's in the center, and he's filling the lane, and then he's got a guy on the right wing who's just cut underneath yeah. the basket. Guy on the left wing throws back to the point guard. As you should do in that situation. Sure. Because the defense is coming out, but it gets tipped on the way. Yeah. So the ball sails high. Point guard has to turn his back to the basket and jump to collect the ball. As he jumps to collect the ball, he just simply one hands it on a bounce pass to the cutter. And the cutter, a sophomore, has the ball hit him in the hands and immediately just out of bounds <laughs> because there was he, he, he was, had he didn't know yeah he just didn't no idea know. had no idea had that connected it would have been probably the single greatest play i'd ever seen in high school basketball yeah <laughs> and instead instead it was a turnover <laughs> yeah and that's so cool. when i think of yeah. i think of that when i think of aaron Rodgers out there with rookie wide receivers yeah. of like you have to assume that the point guard is going to do something wild. Yeah. You got to know that he's going to do it and just pray yeah. that it happens. He saw the cut start to happen before yeah. he had to turn around, so he knew where to put the ball. Yeah. He just, he thought <sighs> he was going to just put a little sauce on it. <laughs> yeah. Behind the back touch bounce pass to a cutter that hit him in the god darn hands. And then it went out of bounds. And then it went out of bounds. So... <laughs> I think That's I said on, I think I said on the air like man if that would have worked it would have been awesome <laughs> would have been great that would have been really cool um before we go I want to let you know I'm Mike Fleischman uh, that's Matt Mellum setter uh, go to rrsn.com if you want to watch high school basketball in particular I just want to hype up on Saturday. We are doing a video cast of the girls' semi-state game where Crown Point, undefeated, is taking on Hamilton Southeastern, who has only one loss on the season, to a team in Kentucky. Whoa. Yeah, so a couple of real powerhouse teams are happening. And uh, I'm going to be out there. Uh, Map might be with me running running camera, but uh, we're going to be out there doing, uh, doing a video broadcast of that game. I love playoff basketball. I really enjoy this Crown Point team. They are very, very good. I think you've talked about them. They, yeah, I think I've talked about them on the podcast. They have, they have some great young talent. They beat a Penn Kingsman team that I thought was going to beat them, but <laughs> to no avail. The uh, the the. It was it was a great game. So yeah, more more great girls playoff basketball is coming up on Saturday. So check that out if you want to. That's my that's my day job, and by day job I mean job that I do at night and on the weekends. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what I have going on in my in my in my real life. I'm a uh, I'm a very non sarcastic, very family friendly friendly sports broadcaster. Yeah. Um, do you got anything anything going on? You know, you're a station guy, but you, I, you had another project that you were talking about on Twitter. I do, yeah. I have a few things. Um, so first off is I, I released a musical and visual album uh, called uh, Favor under the name Open Channel Siphon uh, with Jack Stanza and Dylan Stetson. Um, Jack Stanza's the musician behind Costanza, which has played some sold-out shows here across Chicago at like Lincoln Hall and stuff. Um, and then also... 
kind of coming up this week, uh, probably around the time that you'll be listening to this, whoever you are, uh, Radio to Pulse Sports should be releasing their uh, first podcast uh, alongside uh, 14 Speaks, which is the podcast division of 14 East, um, on Friday. So Cool. Yeah. So that's two things to look for is, is the albums on Spotify and Apple Music and anywhere you listen to your music um, and also on YouTube under Open Channel Siphon um, and podcast will be up under uh, Radio Default Sports and 14 East. Cool. I'm yeah. going to listen to the album. I may not may not listen to the Radio to Paul podcast. I might. I might. That's fine. I think you a should. better chance of listening to the album. I think album's only like five minutes, so do it. It's three tracks, oh, five shoot. minutes. It's quick. It's quick. It flies right by. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's us. That's what we do. Thank you for listening to Cheeseheads in Chicago Land. Um, if you know what's going to happen to Anchor.fm now that they got bought by uh, Spotify, uh, please, please email me and please let us know. let me know what's going to happen because I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Anchor, if you're listening, I've really enjoyed working with you, and I hope that you continue to provide me exactly what I need to put this podcast up, which is. A very easy system that allows me to do that without having to understand a single thing about podcasts, the internet, or RSS feeds. I really appreciate that. All right, that's Cheeseheads in Chicagoland. This was a fun episode. <laughs> this yeah. was this was a, a good a good look at alternative football leagues. Uh, stay tuned next week where we're going to make fun of the XFL even more. Can't wait. And until then, stay cheesy, baby. All right, go Stallions. <laughs>